Chicago Shakespeare Theater is doing a production right now of A Midsummer Night's Dream, and it is gloriously funny and charming and big-hearted, and it's just been extended until February 3rd, 2019, which is completely deserved because it's a wonderful uh, production, and everybody should see it, and T.R. Knight from Grey's Anatomy is playing Bottom, and he's hysterical and lovely. And of course, you know, Shakespeareans will know that A Midsummer Night's Dream is famously a play about a playwright and director of a community theater named Peter Quince. And I'm here today talking to uh, the actor playing him, Joe Dempsey. Have I described the playwright? Yeah, you got it right. I like what you said. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast number 631, Joe Dempsey's Mechanical. Joe, I should apologize right away for the title of this week's episode. I, I, it's not meant to imply that your performance is mechanical. At all. Not by rote. Not Just by rote. I am the mechanical. You are the mechanical. The, the, the mechanical Peter Quince is yours, in your possession. Peter Quince is the leader. He's the director. He's the one who puts the... He's the casting director yes. of the group. He's the producer. Right. He wrote it. He wrote it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's the entrepreneur. He is the William Shakespeare character. That's right. Yeah. That's why I think everybody else is kind of dressed more in workman-like clothes, like they're tradesmen, yeah. and I'm like middle management. So I'm the, I'm the guy on the worksite, but who has the um, steel, uh, the metal encased clipboard, right. and wears the khakis and right. the LL Bean shirt. Right. But he's, he's not upper management. No, he, no, he's classic actor manager, working class but administrative. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can talk about your approach to uh, the character, um, but what was the whole production like? I mean, uh, D and I loved the production. It was it. Felt Joe Dowling directed it yeah. from the Abbey Theater? The, uh, the Abbey and the Guthrie. He ran the Guthrie for 20 years, yeah. just recently left there, like, I think, I want to say less than two years ago. Okay. And also ran the Abbey for a long time prior to that. And one of the things I loved in the production, it just, it seemed, I mean, there are three distinct worlds in this play, right. famously, Athens, the for the fairies, and the mechanicals. Right. And yet all the three worlds felt like of, of a part. And the other thing I loved is that the lovers were funny. Yeah. And that's not all always the case, right? I think their fight scene where the four of them go at it, our production, they really go at it. I mean, they're really trying to claw eyes out and things. I just, I think it's great, and that's all Joe who came up with that. Well, I was good. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, the solution to making Helena taller than Hermia uh -huh. was also phenomenal as well. Um, uh, that, but that, but, but Joe, it, it's Joe, the director, supervising all the comic bits for, all, you know, the whole show? Right. And so, here's an interesting thing because uh I played uh, flute in high school, so my career has moved. I, I've got my fingers less than a millimeter apart. My career has progressed less than that, about that much in 30 years. Um, but um, so I can, moving on up, moving on up. And I'm not. Uh, I haven't had a lot of Shakespeare experience. I've done like four or five of them over overall. But I had I had ideas about Midsummer because it was my first Shakespeare in high school, and you know your first Shakespeare. Yeah, it's it's it stays with you. Like the lines are still there and everything. It's like your first podcast. You never you forget your first <laughs> exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> and um, and so I was thinking, you know, um, and also the mechanicals. 
you're also thinking bits. You know, sure. you're also thinking comedic bits. Sure. And so I came into first rehearsal like, all right, let's get to it. I wonder what we're going to discover. And I have some ideas of bits and, and things and how to approach it. And Joe starts out the day by saying, well, this is my 10th Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said, okay, I better sit back and listen. Right. Like, this guy might have some notes. thoughts of his own. Right. <laughs> yeah, the director might have an idea or two. So I did, I tried my best to shut up the first week or so because uh, I don't know if this is known, he did this production 20 years ago oh. at Chicago Shakes. He was in the first season on the Navy Pier. Oh, okay. When Chicago Shakespeare moved to Navy Pier, he was in the, he was the second show there in the first season on the pair. Okay. But it's not a revival. It is and it isn't. Okay. He took a lot of elements from it. Like, I think it's some of the music, some of the songs are the same. And some of the concepts, like um, the dog that we use, yeah. the mechanicals in the play within the play. Great bit. And that bit, I won't ruin it for you. Um, that is from Great. one of his previous productions. So he took little bits uh, and, and little comic bits, comedic bits, as well as design concepts uh, from v previous productions okay. and kind of mashed them together. And it was a bit, sometimes that was a head scratch during rehearsal, but I think it all coalesces pretty well, well uh, it, it it certainly didn't feel like an old production that had been remounted at all. I mean, it it, it, it actually it has a it has a young, hot, diverse cast and you. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait a second. Um, no, it felt very contemporary and 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 speaking of bits, I mean, you you seemed like you had all of them. I mean, you know, the short pants and the white socks, right. the stumbling on the step and wondering what you're stumbling over. Yeah. You know, all these classic classic things. Well, that's just my homage to Bill Irwin, who's yeah. one of my heroes. Like. Like, uh, where can I fit in some Bill Irwin? And this is a funny thing. So we changed. Uh, every day things changed. Joe would change his mind about things, or we would come in with new stuff, and things were kept and thrown out and built on, like any rehearsal process, really. But um, towards the end of rehearsal, our last note session, Joe says, um, I'm wondering about the tripping. And one of the other cast member goes, it stays, it stays. And he goes, okay, okay then, all right. I just wanted to have the conversation. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, that was That it. was the conversation. That's so funny. Well, and uh, 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 well, and it's got, uh, you know, a, a cast of young people, but also ve veterans like uh, like um, Bill Dick, uh, our, our friend Bill Dick. The great Chicago actor Bill Dick. A friend of the podcast. He played Gorbachev on one of our most downloaded podcasts mm -hmm. of 2018 at the Goodman. He was played Ben Johnson with me in a book of will at Northlight, um, and and then and then this new kid, this new young up and comer, uh, T R Knight from uh, T T V Boy, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, so funny. So, uh, what was he like to work with? Uh, he was a, he was a yeah. freaking dream, really. Yeah. I can't say enough about him. He's yeah. so giving in rehearsal and also really really super thoughtful. Like yeah. he's his gears are always going, yeah. and that continues throughout the entire run as well. There was a Shalubian quality to him. Oh, he sounds yeah. a little bit, sounded a little bit like Tony Shalhoub, and yeah. who I love. And, yeah. you know, it, it, and what you're saying is kind of similar. Thoughtful, comic, always finding something. It was a really a lovely performance. Yeah, no, he never... And so funny. Yeah, he never shuts down, I don't think. And, yeah. uh, you know, and he'll, he'll come up and you're like, uh, can we, I was thinking about, and it's, and it's just a micro moment yeah. that he comes up with something new. 
Well, and it's a very tight show, too. I mean, this. Yeah. I mean, you're in your, you've been, whatever it is, fourth week, fifth week of the run, and it's just been extended a couple of weeks. Right. So it sounds like it feels like it's just gotten better and better and tighter and tighter since the begin, since the show opened. Yeah. Well, it's, and Midsummer is one of those plays I think that lends to keep you keep playing with it. And and Joe also gave us that license. The last thing he said to us on like on the goodbye session note session was now it's your it's in your hands to run with it. And you know not every director says that no. at the end. Right. A lot of direct you know and, and a lot not a lot of stage managers give you that freedom either. And right. Deb our, Deb Acker the great. SM of Chicago Shakes, who's been there forever. Yeah, since the Red Line, I think. Since the Red Line, I'm pretty sure. And, um, and they, he encouraged great license, like it's going to grow, it's going to expand, keep exploring, keep it within a certain, and Deb will be there to keep it in the ballpark. But within the ballpark, there's a lot of room to run around and play. I am Guy Roberts from the Prague Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Rock the ground! Rock, rock! Rock the ground! Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. You can also buy it in the gift shop in the lobby of Chicago Shakespeare Theatre. This week, we opened the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged revised at the legendary Bucks County Playhouse in New Hope, Pennsylvania this Wednesday night, and we run through Sunday. Go to bcptheater.org for more information. Then we'll continue on with performances around the country this winter and spring in West Bloomfield, Michigan, Wingate, North Carolina, Morristown, New Jersey, Lancaster, California, Idaho Falls, Idaho, St. John's University in Collegeville, Minnesota, Rested, Virginia, Houghton, Michigan, Appleton, Wisconsin, Lubbock, Texas, Amherst, Massachusetts, Flint, Michigan, River Forest and Effingham, Illinois, Meridian, Kansas, a week at the Virginia Arts Festival in Norfolk, Virginia, and we'll be giving two performances of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged in Los Angeles at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica, California. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Chicago actor Joe Dempsey, currently playing Peter Quince in the Chicago Shakespeare Theater production of A Midsummer Night's Dream, which has just been extended until February 3rd. You say you haven't done a ton of Shakespeare, but you. But but what I was also um, thinking about is that you were playing one of, you know, Peter Quince, one of the famous clowns of of, of Shakespeare, and you have worked all over here in Chicago, yeah. and you and Dee were in Tourco together, Second City Touring Company together a million years ago. So you, but I have seen you play serious roles. I've seen you play upper status roles, lower status roles. Do you seek that out? Are you grateful for that kind of variety? How do you get that kind? Of variety, he asked jealously. <laughs> um, it's nothing I consciously do. I mean, I haven't. I have no control. Yeah. Over, none of us do yeah. over our career. It's just which doors have opened. Now, I, I always do love that question. Seeing celebrities that get asked, "How did you choose that role?" Right. Um, it was offered to me. It was given to me. Yeah. 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 Um, the only thing I can say about that, a handful. Of, I wish I was more proactive in my career. I really 
do wish that I'm kind of lazy and bad when it comes to the marketing side of stuff. But people might not want to work with you as much if you were that guy. Right, because then you can, where is it, because I know people who like do the mailings and everything, and then I always wonder where that line is, of, do you come off needy or desperate, and then that's not a good quality to bring into the room. Well, and as we, as we say in social media terms, what's the ROI, the return on investment? Right. You know, you know how, how hard are you working for what you're getting? Yeah, but I do remember one time, uh, it's not so much anymore, but I, you know, it's it's hard to get into the big houses in Chicago, even if you've been here a long time. Yeah. You know, and one time I did hear about a show at the Goodman, and I just met the director in the lobby of another. She came and saw me in a show, and so I asked my agent. They couldn't get me in. I wrote an email to the casting director of the Goodman. No response. And so I hand wrote a letter, and I delivered it to the theater care of the director, and I had an audition within 12 hours. So that one time it worked. Now that's the one time it worked, right? As opposed to the other thousand times where you never hear anything back. Yeah. Well, and you've and you've worked at most of the big and many of the little theaters here in Chicago. We saw you in a new play at the Steppenwolf, the Steppenwolf at Steppenwolf. Um, Rembrandt with with uh, one of John Mahoney's final performances. Yeah. I think the night we saw it, we, we he wasn't on. Were you? Were you understudying him? Um, I was. I was understudying Fran Guinan. That's right. And but I was hired as his understudy and replacement when the show extended, and they were pretty sure with John Mahoney in it that it was right. going to extend, and it did. Right. So I did the extension, and that was part of the contract from the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. So I was there. I I think I have this right that I was the last person on stage with John Mahoney. What was he like? Um, everything that, every stereotype that every person has about John Mahoney is true. Like, the nicest guy, most relaxed, and he talks about this often in interviews that to him, there's no great mystery to acting, there's no magic to it, there's no um, shamanistic process where he goes backstage and gets into character and needs to be left alone. It is a craft. It is a job to him. Yeah. He, he approaches it in a very artisanal way. I mean like an artisan. Just um, I show up and do the work. And um, he also made this point uh, I remember in rehearsal him saying this that um, we are not a creative profession. We are an interpretive one. The writer is creative. We are not creating the piece. We are interpreting that, and because of the and because of that, a lot of the mystery can be taken out of it because we're just we're the instrument, not the composer. And um, I think I, although I've had, I think we've all had experiences in our career of like, whoa, some really weird thing went on stage. Like, how? Do, where did that come from? Right, right. Especially when you're improvising, sure. you say something like, I have no idea where that came from, sure. and you feel like, oh, something just happened. Something came from somewhere and through me, you know, and I always use this line as a joke, but like, I'm just a vessel. Austin, I'm, I'm just a vessel. But you know, there are those rare moments yeah. where it happens, where you feel like you're tapped into something that you're not in control of and you don't know where it came from. However, that's like 2% of your professional yeah. career time on stage, yeah. and the other 98% is like work, is like showing up like a guy on a work site yeah. with your tool chest. And your lunchbox. And your lunchbox, yeah. and you're going to work. Thank you.
Well, I love that for so many reasons, not least of which is that it leads us back to Midsummer Night's Dream, Dream and the Mechanicals, which is the Mechanicals is both a, a parody of theater as Shakespeare understood it, right, and a very, very, very loving send-up. Mm-hmm. And it's that moment you guys captured it well, and not uh, you know not as good productions of Midsummer Night's Dream don't get this, but the Mechanicals become better at their performance of Pyramus and Thisbe than they than anybody expected including them. Right, and that's Joe Dowling who came up with that of uh, positing because yeah. the royals all talk about how bad it is. Yeah. So it has to be there that they're not good. Yeah. But Dowling came up with it. What if at the end it turns into something and that's mostly on flute that um, yeah. that he he becomes magical in a way that the words mean something to him of his eyes were green as leeks yeah. and um, and the way he dies is very simple yeah. and but where at the bottom it's very comedic and uh, that was that was TR that was uh, Theo's um, idea okay. was to take every death he could think of from Shakespeare that's, and bottom die yeah. every death so he cut his tongue off he cut his hands off yeah. he stabbed himself and then he sm- he he drank poison, and then yeah. he smothered himself with a pillow. It was yeah, it was a great. It was a it was a panoply of Shakespearean deaths all in one. Wasn't that something to yeah. see? That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. If you can get to Chicago before February 3rd, 2019, you should absolutely see the Chicago Shakespeare Theater production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. The whole cast is beautiful and wonderful, and T.R. Knight from TV's Grey's Anatomy is a phenomenal bottom. Go to chicagoshakes.com for more information. Then send us your phenomenal bottom via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RS. Podcast on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to Phenomenal Top Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band, and this week also by Keith Thomas, who composed the music for Joe Dowling's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Lynn Warden Smith. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Guy Roberts, Artistic Director of the Prague Shakespeare Company in the Czech Republic. Guy and his partner Jessica Boone hosted the Shakespeare Theatre Association's annual gathering just this past weekend, and I really wish I could have been there. See you all next year in Dallas. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 631-1893rds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Well, Joe, thank you so much for doing this for me, and 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 I can't believe this is your first podcast because you yeah. you you give good podcasts. Oh, God bless. Yeah, and you're I think of it not as a podcast but a godcast. You know, that's what I think of. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to reduceshakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 So much less.